coming to everyone live on Halloween. Good afternoon. Happy Halloween, everybody. I was thinking about this, and I'm pretty sure that this is going to be all treat and no trick. <laughs> Depending on your perspective or what you're into. I don't know. We could have some tricks up our sleeve. <laughs> Depends what your meaning of tricks is, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it almost seems like its own podcast in a way. I don't know. <clears throat> that's an after dark conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Man. Now that would be another. See, that's the next one to start. Now the two's going to take after dark where we really get into the weeds. Uh, Seems like it's been forever, Ruben. How are you, sir? I know, man. It's been a while. Uh, I've been good. I've been good. I've uh, just been working like a slave and, and you know, wish I had more time to do uh, these kinds of things. But, you know, that's just the way uh, things kind of go. But we'll, you know, we'll keep pushing forward and hopefully we can get more content out there because I, I really love doing this. I really enjoy it. It's like the highlight of my week. So. I agree. It feels good to be to be live again. And of course, you know, we 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 do have other aspects of life that we, we tend to outside of this, but it's definitely great to to get back and have a chance to talk some Titans football. I know, man. I'm so excited. I I try to like get into the uh hardcore stuff like, you know, I have my neighbors over when I'm watching the game, but I can't, you know, yell at a player's name or or something like they have no idea what I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> That's their problem, though, man. That's their. I can only imagine what my neighbors think because I'm, you know, I'm fairly loud throughout games. You've experienced games with me enough to probably know. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, the easiest thing to do is to just kind of leave a handwritten note, like, "Hey, man, sorry, Tourette's. You know, it is what it is." <laughs> For whatever reason, though, it's only on like weekends. But when it comes up, man, it's a lot to deal with. Right. 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 I, well, you know, and just on that note, I think that Texans game had probably gotten uh, my blood fired up as probably – I don't even remember the last time I was that excited about a game. It was just so crazy. So I agree. I, uh, I would say the last time a game was that crazy and intense and awesome was, was last season's game against the Chiefs during the regular season. Right. I think that was the last time it felt just that intense. Yeah. No, I agree. That That's probably a, a game for sure. And then I was going to say the year before when we beat them, I think it was by uh, the year before or year before that when we beat them by a field goal, like a 55-yarder from uh, Suckham. Mm -hmm. I remember that like uh, being just as crazy. But, yeah, no, that was one of those finishes for the ages, man. I mean, holy cow. Uh, back and forth. It was like a ping-pong machine with just scoring, you know. So, uh, which, you know, <laughs> kind of makes you wonder if the defense was playing, but, you know, it still was a fun game. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is basically like a triple header because we've got that insane OT win against the Texans to, to talk about, or at least recap. And then, of course, we've got to talk about the first loss of the season against Pittsburgh. And here we are this week, week eight, on the road playing the Bengals. I got to be honest, I forgot they still had a football team, but it turns out that they, <laughs> they do. And they have the number one pick from LSU, Joe Burrow at quarterback. So it's kind of an interesting game or at yeah. least it, it should be, could be. Yeah. No, I was actually buying uh, some palm trees today, as you might've heard. And uh, the guy at the uh, palm tree place was really in a football. So he was, we were talking a little bit about the game and, and, and he had a lot of good things to say about Burrow, which, you know, so, so did Vrabel this week. So, um, he's def definitely a talented quarterback, so it's going to be an exciting game tomorrow. But we'll probably try to recap 
two weeks ago and then come back to that game and get into get into that right so i agree um, and at least you have a legit excuse because when you say something like you know i was out earlier buying trees that's a pretty <laughs> substantial reason for not being available i don't really think i've got anything quite as good but the important thing is that we're here now and it's happening so right <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's let's go back in time a few weeks here. Um, you know that game against Houston was interesting because, of course, we were coming off even shorter rest, having played that Buffalo game on Tuesday. So we had the win against Buffalo on Tuesday, and then Saturday again hosting the Texans. And you know, I feel like the Texans are always one of those teams that they find a way to be pesty enough to to be competitive in a game. They make it interesting. I I thought it would be a tough game. Um, but early on, man, it was also kind of a deceiving game because we were playing very well. They were struggling. And all of a sudden, we were about to kick a field goal, not to get too far ahead, but this is just kind of how I, I saw the game. It's like we're about to go up 24-10. And, of course, we end up with some poor blocking. The, the kick gets blocked. Next thing you know, they score. We turn it over again. They score. And suddenly we're down. And it was almost like this – Oh, so now we got to come back from behind again, kind of game. It was it was wild, even for a Texans Titans game. Yeah, you know, uh, pretty incredible that you know it started out like you were saying, kind of like, all right, we got this. I, I you know, I was actually getting ready to go watch a uh, go to a wedding in Tucson, so we were kind of under the clock to pretty much just end the game and go. Uh, and so when I saw that, I was already kind of already was like already in my head like okay maybe we can i can even leave like right right you know maybe like five minutes to go they'll just be like you know garbage time right type of thing so i was kind of like all right we're ahead of schedule and then like lo and behold you know this you know the end of the second quarter they just started to kind of make a run again and i was just like oh crap and then the third and it was just like God, like what are we doing um but you know the, like you said the, the texans are you know they're like cockroaches and they just you know, to their credit, they played through. But, you know, I can't help but mention, I think Cornell made a, a huge fundamental coaching mistake for not taking that one point and going for mm. the two for the win. I personally wouldn't have done it. And I think the announcers <laughs> pleaded that their case that they, sh- they shouldn't have done that either. Yeah, I mean, that, that certainly got a lot of discussion after the fact and understandably so. I think it it kind of shows you where we're at in sports now in the sense that there's so much of a struggle between how analytical do you get, how much do you base something on, you know, numbers, stats, data, versus just how's the game going? I mean, not to get out of place, but this just kind of happened in the World Series with that series ending in game six where, you know, the Rays had a pitcher that, according to their manager, he felt like was just about to lose control of the game when he was actually pitching like a historically amazing game for a World Series. Right. So everyone's like, why would you decide just for the sake of, you know, all the stats in the world instead of just thinking about, okay, what's your gut tell you about this game? I think that's what happened to Cornell in that game. They got a little bit greedy. They did have some momentum. But, you know, a two-point conversion in football is not like a free throw. It's it's not an easy play to run. It's very easy to contest. Um, and I, I think they were a little cocky in the sense that they literally ran the same play that they had run for the touchdown. Right. Um, and to our defense's credit, and I think it was Simmons that was able to knock down the, the pass at the line of scrimmage. So it was definitely a gutsy move and certainly, you know, helped improve our chances. But to, to talk about a coach's decision, Mike Vrabel – being his sneaky Jedi master self yet again 
essentially allows, I shouldn't say allow, because if we're being honest, intentionally gets a too many men on the field penalty to save us time. You know, and and you, you kind of see the difference between interim coach versus, you know, established head coach, and it's it's worlds apart. And that decision by Vrabel arguably allowed us to have enough time to go tie the game up and force overtime to get the win. Well, I, I'll even blow your mind even more. Cornell, I believe, was his defensive coordinator when he was playing uh, for the Patriots. And then Cornell was the head defensive coordinator while Vrabel was – the defensive line coach at the Texans. So talk about the uh, Padawan, you know, taking over the Jedi master in that move because, you know, call getting that penalty, which I didn't know stopped the clock, by the way, uh, was just genius. And again, to your point, it just shows how like he is just, you know, moving up in terms of like his coaching greatness. I mean, it's just, it's just so fun to watch where he was a guy that we would sort of criticize for not taking a timeout when, uh, the play clock was getting too low or, you know, going for it on fourth down when it was like, you know, fourth and seven or fourth and five. And it was kind of like scratching your head. But, you know, now, yeah. now he's just doing all of this kind of Belichick type of moves. And it's just so awesome to see, the, you know, him go through that maturity and that evolution, you know. Yeah. And, and that game, I think, really, really showcased where our offense is at this year. Um, so credit to. Arthur Smith and really just the entire team. I mean, Tannehill completed 70, 73% of his passes, had over 300 yards, four touchdowns, but it was a real spread offensive approach. Fersker actually had over 100 yards, a touchdown on eight receptions. A.J. Brown only had five catches, but two of those were for touchdowns, so that was huge. And then, of course, Derrick Henry. I don't know what Houston has done or did necessarily to piss him off so much (laughs) but whatever they did we'll take it because i feel like every time we play the texans it's like there's this extra chip on henry's shoulder and he was so determined i feel like in that game to find a way over 200 yards he had 50 receiving yards at least and of course a 94 yard touchdown i don't think there's a team in football that's able to run a draw play as well as we do that deep in your own side of the field. It was just, it was just remarkable. I think offensively, it was just a fantastic performance. Oh yeah. I mean, and to add to that, he had uh, two catches for 52 yards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, the guy is just a beast when he plays the Texans. I mean, I don't know if they said something, you know, about his mom or what it is. He is just like, a beast when he plays him because he just hits the hole and he goes all the way to the all the way to the end zone and and it's just funny when they actually play the Texans I don't know if you get this feeling I just feel like on every other run play that's gonna happen like as weird as that sounds like I'm just waiting for it to happen and then it was just so cool to just see it happen like uh, especially in that game so that was awesome man (laughs) Well, and, and really the one moment that kind of just tells you everything you need to know about that game. There's, there's two, I should say. One is I, I didn't get the guy's name, but, but after Henry scored that 94 yard touchdown, one of the last remaining Houston defenders that decided for whatever reason to actually follow him all the way back to the end zone was just like on the ground gassed. <laughs> that tells you everything you know about that game. And then going into overtime coin flip, Titans won the toss and Deshaun Watson's reaction said everything about that game. It, it was just like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. He knew everyone knew at that point that game's over. We were going to win the game. And of course we did. And we did it 
in amazing style with uh, uh, the King Cat, which I love that play call, but Derrick Henry running it in for the win. Yeah, you know, it comes back to Arthur's creativity of going wildcat down in the end zone in such a critical part of the game, being in overtime, you know, quick huddle after that quick pass before. I mean, it was just genius to kind of call like that. It was gutsy. And, you know, again, another evolution of a, a, a future, you know, great coach with, with Arthur Smith making the call for a wildcat play. Way, 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 way in the future. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Years, decades from now, after we've won a good, you know, five, six Super Bowls. Right, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he'll garnish that much attention in the free market, uh, even if we did win the Super Bowl this year. But at uh, you know, the same time, like, I'm sure he's eventually going to get a ton of recognition is going. Sure. But, oh, yeah, deserved. for sure. But yeah, it was just genius, you know calling that swing pass to Henry. Henry runs downfield, like half the field, and then for the score at the end of the game. I mean, wow, what a finish. Well, and, and I also will say for our team, you know, especially in the football, to turn the ball over at all is, is really critical. And we had two turnovers in that game, and, and yet, it, it, you know, it's almost like it didn't phase us at all. I mean, I, I think that there was just a lot of poise. Of course, we've we've heard this talked about a lot, especially ever since Tannehill took over. Um, but so so that really stood out to me, and also just the reality of we were down thirty six twenty nine with not even two minutes left, and this is where the preparation comes in because you've heard. Um, from Vrabel, from other guys in the last several weeks that, you know, this is something that they practice regularly in terms of having just a few minutes left, getting the ball down the field, watching it happen. There's actually a lot of confidence, at least for me, even, even though it's late in the game, even though we weren't, you know, with the lead, you just feel like they're going to find a way, which they did. Yeah. They're never giving up. They're always fighting, you know, for yards. And I mean, yeah, there's a ton of confidence with the team this year. I mean, I know we haven't gotten to the Pittsburgh game, but even in that game, uh, I was sitting there like I was deflated, and the the second half of the game comes through, and the team just picks up like nothing happened in that whole first half. And I think that just stems from the confidence level that they have in each other and having like you know key players like Tannehill and Henry, and you know the the you know just those kinds of guys to come in and make plays and, and win the game. You know, and I wanted. Okay. Yeah, and nope, I was just nope, going to say I wanted to uh, give a shout out to me McNichols for uh, in that Texans game because he did have uh, 51 yards, averaging 10 yards a pop, uh, which was actually higher than Henry's. You know, at 9.6, but uh, he did have a long of 20, and so I just wanted to call out that I thought he had a great game being the backup uh, in that game, considering the game Henry had. <laughs> No, he really did. I mean, I think he's had some really good moments this year. Um, and I think it's hard to kind of evaluate that or appreciate it fairly because, you know, it's a scenario where maybe he doesn't get a lot of touches. Um, in this sense, he only had about, you know, five carries, but 51 yards overall. And, and especially late in the game, he had a couple of runs that really helped us continue to move the ball down the field keep the Texans defense on their heels and of course give Henry a slight breather, even though I don't think he ever wants it. I think those types of, of plays are certainly critical. So I, I would totally agree yeah, on the shot. Yeah. Out there. Now I wanted to get that in before I forgot. Cause I, I, I remember in that game, I kept thinking like that was a really nice change up to hand him the ball. So. Yeah. And defensively, I do want to highlight. So uh, Simmons and Jones both had a sack in that game. 
Uh, Jayon Brown had 10 overall tackles. And then Butler, Bayard, and Vaccaro each had eight overall tackles. So there was just a very, you know, I mean, granted, we, we, we gave up some plays, but overall seeing some, some I think, good effort, at least in that game from, from the defense to keep things Yeah, contained. I thought Jalen, you know, I, I personally think Jalen's having a pretty decent year. The surprise for me is Evan's not having, I think, the year he had last year. I feel like last year uh, he was reacting to the ball a little bit better, but Jalen this year, I mean, you know, he had 10 tackles in the, in that game for solo. Uh, you know, it was crazy. Like, you know, he was all over the field. Uh, you know, I just think he's he's really still playing well. And Butler had a great game, too, with eight solo tackles in that game. That's crazy. Um, you know, and Bayard had six. So you, you're having the main guys, I think, step up and do what they do. But it's just a little surprising Evans isn't having the you know, great, great year I was expecting him to have. But the rest of the team's still playing pretty well. So, yeah, I think I think Rashad has been a bit quieter than we thought. Probably same with Bayard, um, you know. And I think it's something we can continue to talk about as we go from one game uh, to another. But you know, that win against Houston obviously crucial to have a divisional win, second one of the season. Um, and of course, since that time, they've they've managed to lose again. So so they're one and six. We're five and one. That's that's a that's a pretty awesome uh, scenario to be in right now, top of the AFC. Yeah, South. no, it was. It was a really good – everything's working out. I wish the Colts would drop one, but, you know, oh, well. So, the... Yeah, and now we'll, we, we'll have to see how uh, history plays out this year because uh, – and I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead. I'm, I'm hoping you're ready oh, yeah. to move on oh, yeah, to Pittsburgh. Totally. Um, but – so this, this matchup with Pittsburgh that we had last week, um, it's only the eighth time in league history that teams have played undefeated in week seven or later. Um, so the first time, even since 2015, we've seen that. And basically history tells us that the winner of that game ends up in the Super Bowl and usually wow. wins it. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Sometimes history is right. Sometimes it's wrong. Um, but I mean, you know, we didn't get a chance to record last week going into that game. I know we talked a lot before, but I mean, how are you feeling going into that game? Yeah. If I Pittsburgh? kind of put myself in, you know, yeah, yeah. Before the game, uh, I would say that I was feeling pretty confident right before the game. Uh, I watched actually a lot of tape of the Pitts, of Pittsburgh Steelers. I had a lot of notes on their defense, and it was pretty remarkable what they do. Uh, they blitz quite a bit, and they actually disguise a lot of blitzes. And then, you know, if you watch that Eagles-Pittsburgh game, that was a, actually a pretty fun game to watch because it was kind of back and forth in that game. And It's hard to believe because the Eagles yeah, were involved. I know. I'll take yeah, your word for it. Had thrown a, a ill-advised uh, interception. They might have actually won that game, but uh, yeah. So, and I tried to watch the Brown Steelers game, but that was just a blowout from the, you know, by the Steelers. But yeah, it, they were a really strong team. And coming into the game, I was a little worried. I wasn't sure with you know a backup left tackle and a back. Uh, well, not that Kelly's a backup right tackle, but you know. He was he's his first year starting, right? So with all the blitzes, I knew it was gonna take a lot from the offensive line. And so but in my head I kept playing the game over and over and I still had us winning by a field goal, you know, which ironically we lost by a field goal. So uh but yeah, I was pretty confident. Yeah. I think my confidence went down at one point in the week and then right before the game, kind of looking at some of uh, last minute things, I thought we were gonna pull it out for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, when you and I talked about this, um, I think I had 
I had us winning by four. I think it was reasonable to feel confident about that game, even though I mean I I thought it was definitely going to be a very challenging game. I I expected it to be a, a closer game throughout, um, and of course, obviously that first half, you know, it wasn't really close at all. Um, so that that was kind of tough. But I, this is where I think, you know, I've had to spend the last week here trying to just really sort of reevaluate the team because, you know, when you have a, a first half of football where you only manage seven points when you've been averaging, you know, basically 30 a game, that's telling, but it's basically telling in the sense of who did we play? You got to give a lot of credit to Pittsburgh. I mean, their defense is just insane. I, I was texting a friend of mine who's actually a Steelers fan throughout the game. And I can't really think of another team that has covered the field so well and so quickly really ever i mean like it was just they did they do a phenomenal job of of clogging up the field and really just forcing plays and i think you saw that a lot especially yeah they really do i mean they load up the line you don't know who's coming you don't know when they're blitzing sometimes they i actually saw them go only rush three passers you know maybe about five or six plays through the game where the line was literally stacked with everybody they all pulled back at the last second and only three guys rushed. It was really interesting how they kind of do those kinds of different things. In fact, I, at one point I thought they were only going to rush one guy and just drop everybody in a coverage. They just, they, they do weird things like that, yeah. but you know, yeah, give it, give you know, hats off to them. I mean, they played a great game. You know, they were able to run the ball against us like everybody else's. Uh, <laughs> Connor had a great game with 82 yards you know, and Ben Rosberger, again, you know, had 268, you know, in the air, you know, in two touchdowns. He did throw three picks, which, you know, one of them was kind of a two were definitely by the D. Uh, you know, he had just been a blowout. So it was good that the defense was able to reel it in at the end and kind of show uh, that we were, you know, really in a 5-0 and team because <laughs> the first half, it didn't quite look like that. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting because going into this game, of course, this is the game that was supposed to happen a few weeks prior um, and got rescheduled. And, you know, Mike Tomlin had said that they had already done, you know, a a good portion of their prep for this game. And so they came into the game, you know, kind of feeling like maybe there was a head start in that sense, which is which is understandable. I don't know. Maybe it showed early on and maybe not so much as the game went on. Um, But I, I. I kind of looked at this game where it's like there's some good, there's some bad, and certainly some ugly. I mean, Tannehill did have a, a good day overall against a tough defense, 18 for 30, over 200 yards, two touchdowns. I think the fact that we didn't turn the ball over is stellar. I mean, Pittsburgh was coming into this game having forced turnovers every time, like without fail, and we managed to not turn the ball over. I thought that was huge. A.J. Brown had a huge day, six catches, 153 yards, touchdown that actually was for over 70 yards I think that was interesting in the sense that you know Tomlin said after the game that they hadn't really factored him in because when they initially prepped for us you know he was not active on the roster so that's one thing that I kind of want to just put out there in the sense that I think this is an example of how this game kind of showed some areas where we need to grow I think that there should have been something we saw sooner in the game that told us they hadn't really accounted or planned for AJ other than man-to-man. I think most of the game it was man-to-man. Certainly we we made good use of it at some point, but it was like late in the game. You kind of have to wonder if that's something maybe we should have seen earlier and adjusted for earlier. Um, and some other things that I thought were interesting was, I mean, Henry's average was almost four yards. 
So even against this incredibly tough defense, I know he only got 75 yards. He did have a touchdown. I think he ran the ball as well as he could have, you know, in, in that kind of a game. Um, you mentioned, you know, that we forced the three turnovers. I thought that was huge, even though if you were kind of just some messy throws that you sometimes see from big Ben. Um, and then it was just kind of lopsided because our, our offense ended up scoring 17 unanswered points in the second half while our defense managed to hold Pittsburgh to only three. So it was kind of just like a, a lopsided game in, in that sense. And of course, I think just the biggest issue period for the team is we allowed 72% third down conversions. Um, I mean, we're literally like historically right now, the worst third down defense the NFL has ever seen. And I, I told my buddy during the game, I'm like, you guys could have a third and 99 and you'd probably <laughs> convert it somehow. Um, and then on top of that, we also had 17 penalties, um, which I know is one of the, the higher penalty marks we've had for almost a hundred yards. So kind of some good stuff, but obviously some, some bad stuff. And then, you know, Gus Kelsey missing the game tying field goal there late uh, was certainly ugly. Um, and my last thought here is just that Pittsburgh had the ball for over 36 minutes. Um, and I really don't care what team you are when you don't have the ball for that long, that's really hard to win. So you have to give them credit, especially in that first half. They did an amazing job of just controlling. Yeah, no, that's a good point on the time of possession and uh, definitely a key factor into how the game turned out, especially because uh, to the point you made earlier that the third down defense was so bad, they would just march down the field and, and have these huge chunk clock, you know, drives that just, you know, killed us. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was kind of an odd day all around. I mean, there was a ton of mistakes on offense. I thought uh, Davis and, Kelly had one of their worst games uh, on that right side. Uh, I felt like they were constantly just getting beaten. Um, and then, you know, I, I think on the defensive side, uh, we just gave up so many third downs, a lot of, you know, missed of opportunities. I thought with like not trying to get, we, you know, we didn't really get to Ben. Uh, we never had him, right? So, you know, and then the worst had seen um, a couple of special team gaffes this year, but man, this, this game was probably the worst. I hate to say it because, you know, you had a uh, Kern actually have that muffled punt, right? And so he had ended up throwing it away because the ball came at him kind of weird and he wasn't able to actually kick the ball. And, and yep. then, you know, the miss at the end, um, you know, so it kind of sucked that, you know, all three phases kind of all had their, their normally one, one of them has, you know, bad points in the game and the other one kind of picks up, but it just felt like all three of them were kind of a letdown, you know, in the game. And I think if I recall right, uh, Khalif Raymond actually even, didn't he drop the ball on one of the punts uh, technically? Yeah. He basically muffed right. a punt so was it just was, on top it. just was I don't know. I don't know what was going on, uh, but it just, it just looked really shaky. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Gonk had complete that, that last you know, uh, you know, and, and that was kind of bittersweet, especially because ten, uh, which kind of pushed us back ten yards from the intentional grounding. Um, but you know, I think I think all three phases of the game just didn't come together right in that game. You know. Yeah, and and it's tough because obviously you you know you don't want to lose. In an odd sense, I I kind of was, and even now I'm relieved because 
I also don't necessarily think you want a team that goes 16 and 0 and then and then it's like then what? You know, because historically we kind of know how that turns out unless you're the <laughs> Dolphins from like the early 70s. Um so I think what I'm trying to say here is just that I think this is good in the sense that it it really highlights some things that we have to improve. And I'm going to use the word have to improve because you know, here we are now week 8 starts well it started on Thursday night if you count that game as a game but it starts tomorrow for us and I think it's fair to say that at this point in the NFL season we're essentially halfway you've kind of established your identity as a team and there's a lot of great things about our team there's a reason we're five and one there's a reason we're I think one of the best teams in the AFC but there's also some some glaring concerns that you and I kind of talked about could very, very well mean an early playoff exit if we don't find a way to improve them. And I, I think that between tomorrow and the week after, regardless of our roster, if we don't get some improvement on the third down defense, it's going to be about like it's been all year. And I don't think that's something we can ride confidently. No, I think you hit the nail the on the head. I really believe that if we don't fix the defense of issues – I really think we'll be a one and done. And, and I hate to say that, especially right now. Um, it's just that, you know, like you said, we were talking during the week and you kind of get that sense right now. And I think it kind of points to, and I hate to say it, I think Shane Bowen, you know, on the defensive side needs to do something. You know, uh, last year you had a similar moment with Arthur, right? Where, uh, you know, we, we played the first, you know, five or six games and Marcus was all over the place. You insert Tannehill and both of their careers take a different trajectory in history, right? You know, they, Tannehill becomes, you know, almost a MVP candidate last year with going to the, you know, winning two playoff games. Arthur Smith looks like a genius leading into this year with just the same, right, the same wave of enthusiasm, you know. But Bowen, you know, kind of being the first-time play caller, um, it, it, he seems to be struggling right now, kind of similar to Arthur Smith. I think the problem that I really have right now is that there's nobody off the bench that's going to come in like Tannehill to kind of change the path of where things are going. So they really have to work with what they have. And I know the defense has been facing more of the harder injury side of the game, unfortunately, but that's sort of not an excuse. You know, everybody has injuries, so they got to figure something out. And I think you're absolutely right. The third down, uh, Get, you know, all the give ups that we give up on third down is a glaring, glaring problem right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, Vrabel's usually very open about this in the sense that, you know, when the team wins, credit to the players. And then wherever we're struggling, wherever we, we lose, in a sense, it's on the coaches. I, I think you have to say that, you know, we definitely need better coaching to start with. Because um, what's interesting is, you know, you go back a few weeks, you were pointing out things like, you know, Bayer taking a poor angle and things of that nature. I think what's concerning is you're seeing that at times more often. And I don't say that to mean that I think our defense is getting worse because you are seeing some good things. It's just not consistent. I mean, we'll have, you know, a first and second down plays that are just very strong. And then on third down, it's just suddenly there's just tons of miscommunication or one level of the defense seemingly not knowing to pick up for the other, or, you know, you'll see a guy make a play, but no one else is in the area. Like during the Pittsburgh game, I was thrilled to see Beasley get a strip on the ball. 
<laughs> unfortunately, we didn't have anybody nearby, so it, you know Pittsburgh was able to pick it up. And then, of course, later in the game, Clowney, same thing, had a great behind the line of scrimmage tackle. We weren't able to get to it. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's just a lot of, I think, just things not clicking the way that they need to be. The only caveat that I want to throw out there, and I think I mentioned this to you this weekend, is that, you know, one thing you can't always account for on the other side of the ball is how well that team does or if they're able to improve. And so far, the quarterbacks that we have faced this year, they're actually getting the ball out faster than either their they average or did last year. And so that's something that you have to give them credit for because, you know, I think there's still a little bit of frustration that we haven't seen Clowney or Beasley um, or just our defense overall get a lot of sacks and pressure. Some of that's just credit to the quarterbacks we're playing and making quick decisions and getting the ball out. But I I think, again, kind of like you said earlier, there's no excuses. We don't have anybody coming off the bench except for Odori coming off IR basically um, and not to say too much here, it doesn't look like we're going to do anything with the trade deadline. So we're obviously committed to, you know, the roster we have in place player wise, the coaches we have in place, but they've got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. You know, I, I, has to I couldn't agree with you more, man. It has better. It really has to improve. And you, you made some really good points. Um, I think one of the things that, that the, well, I have two issues right now with the defense. One is, is the pass rush. Uh, I know Vrabel made it a point to say that, you know, they're not calling offensive holding this year, which probably is helping the quarterbacks get the ball out faster to, you know, the earlier uh, point you made, because, you know, without those holding calls, those guys are just getting bogged down and then the ball's coming out so fast. It just doesn't really leave them anything to work with. Right. Um, But the other thing that I noticed in the game is that a lot of times, you know, and this was something, this was kind of like the, the knock on, a clowny, you know, once he ran past the quarterback, he wasn't able to come back to the quarterback. And so you kind of see those lapses in the game where he does that or Jones will go, will do that. It, it just seems like they sort of go for the quarterback. And then there's like this moment where they just sort of like kind of freeze for a moment and don't hustle back to him. And unfortunately that happens on third down. It, it just systematically happens on that down. And then, uh, the secondary, my other issue is the secondary. I feel like they're not playing press this year. I feel like the the guys that got back there, for the exception of Butler, are too afraid that they're going to get beat uh, deep. You know, and I get it. They're they're young guys. You got a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies. But that you have to, you know, you can't play, you know, eight nine yards off the the receiver when it's third and and long. And then allow them to get that much of a cushion, throw the ball underneath, and actually give them a chance to use their legs and make a play. You know, um, if you're going to get beat, you know, over the top, then I don't know what's worse than giving up five third downs all the way marching down the field. You know, <laughs> it's like you might as well just get beat on that play because it's. But I just wish they would kind of come in, play off the receiver a little bit tighter. You know, even though it's long, it's longer situations in that regard. I just would like to see more aggressiveness from the secondary, you know, and, and hopefully it comes together because, you know, right now I think Shane Bowen is definitely on watch. And so I know a lot of the fan base is starting to, you know, kind of see it that, you know, and Vrabel being a, a defensive guy himself, right, being a former defensive coordinator, it's kind of a shame to see the defense kind of a little bit lacking this year, you know. 
Yeah. And I think, um, you know, in a way you kind of have to start thinking, okay, you know, how much of this is a scenario where you've got a defensive genius, you know, coach like Vrabel, obviously you it's hit or miss with examples. I think of coaches that come from one side of the ball and are able to coach super well overall. Um, and, and look, he's probably still learning a little bit himself. So I, I think he's been vocal about relying a lot on Bowen, I, I don't know. I I think obviously there's there's enough football left this year to say okay, let's see how the rest of the season goes. Um, but I think ultimately, to all the points you made, it, it's just it's a communication issue. Um, I think you know they don't show us everything, but you see enough drills in practice to where I feel good about how they're approaching practice. I think they've got everyone locked in, but there's some kind of disconnect that I think happens during the game especially during, you know, or depending on the down that has to get better. Um, and so, you know, I look at this as tomorrow being a huge opportunity, going on the road, playing a rookie quarterback, and also just coming off a loss, the first time we've lost in a while. I think that that, that has to be good motivation yeah, no, for, for everyone, for this all is, sides of the ball. How do you see it? I like to get served up after the game we just had. Right. So you wouldn't want to play Pittsburgh and then play Baltimore right after that. So luckily we get to play, you know, the Bengals. Right. Not to take too much away from them because, you know, we saw when we played the Vikings. We won a game when we played them. But, you know, they played us all the way down to the. These desperate teams are not gimmies by any means. Um, but, you know, it's definitely a better match. You know, hopefully you know, if Bowen can sort of, if you will, this would be the, and kind of get everybody back on his side and kind of believe that the defense is really just sort of like, you know, like you said, uh, just having lapses and not really fundamentally not getting the whole system, you know? Yeah. And let me, let me ask you this because we're, I mean, not that nothing, it's not impossible for something to still happen, but it seems unlikely. Um, What's your thought on Tennessee not really making any moves? I mean, you're seeing teams like Seattle, who's already playing well. They've made a move. You've got, you know, Baltimore stacking up, trying to make moves. Do you have a problem with Tennessee really just not doing anything and essentially writing out where we're at on the premise that it's yeah, going no, to improve I, and I, we're going to have to get healthy? Sort of- it was kind of a little bit of a disappointment that Robinson didn't try to do something. And, 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 and that's not to say that he wasn't right. Cause you know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that you don't have privy to or get to see. I mean, maybe they did put some offers into some guys and they just weren't biting, but you know, I really think it would have been nice to pick up yeah. a veteran cornerback on somebody's roster. I mean, you have teams like the jets and the Vikings and, you know, even the Bengals to some degree are just having fire sales right now because the team's just like going to have to rebuild and start all over again. It would have been nice to be in that conversation. I know you brought up a really excellent uh, point about the salary cap that we only had about six million to play with. Right. But I still think we could have found somebody with that that sizable wallet to kind of bring in. And unfortunately, maybe the thinking was if we brought him in. He wouldn't even get to play right away with all the COVID type of things and they work him into the system. It would probably be a good three weeks right before he's really kind of at that point. But it would have been nice, I think, to bring in a veteran guy because, you know, you got a lot of like 
kind of young guys out there, you know, with, you know, uh, uh, what was I thinking about? Uh, <laughs> Simmons and, uh, sorry, Ty Smith, you know, Jonathan Joseph, he's not a, a young guy, but he's, you know, past his prime. You know, the only guy out there that seems to have a ton of speed is Butler, and he was never kind of like the super fastest corner. Um, you know, and Fullerton, you know, when he was playing, again, another young guy. It's – I just – and Chris Jackson, another young guy. I just wish we would, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be playing with so many rookies and sort of have that uh, – a veteran presence. You know, I think that's where maybe letting Logan Ryan – maybe burned us a little bit this year, but you know, uh, I, I would have liked to see him go after somebody just to get somebody in that can kind of come in and show these guys like, Hey, this is how you do it. You know? And I know Butler is doing those kinds of things and I'm sure Bayard is for sure, but you know, it's always nice to have a guy that can really kind of like teach those guys, those, those coachable moments. And I really felt like Logan did that for his whole tenure with Tennessee. Yeah, and I think um, the key word really seems to be trust. You know, I, I think what you're seeing right now is that for whatever reason, not to say that they aren't trying to make moves, maybe something was in the works and it just didn't happen. But, you know, I think there is just some overall confidence and belief in what we're doing and how we're doing it and who we're doing it with. And, you know, it's either going to pay off or it's not. Um I still overall have a lot of trust for, for the, for the team all the way up to J Rob's just, just certainly you, you want to see things continue on this trend. And it's not that we're in like the worst standing per se. I think what's interesting is I saw a few conversations around, gosh, you know, with the Titans having this strong of a year offensively, why wouldn't they go out and do everything they possibly can to make sure that they find a way to win a Super Bowl this year. And I know that we're focused on this season, but there seems to be some kind of belief that, we're going to be strong enough going forward that, you know, ideally we're able to make yeah. this work. No, and if I, not, I think, we'll continue to I build think from John there. Robinson has a ton of confidence in the guys he's picked, the system that he's provided, you know, up to this point. I think he just has a ton of confidence, but I just still think he should have maybe tried to make some kind of run. And, and, and that's a really good kind of interesting theory to kind of play on is like, why wouldn't we go all in, like you said? Because, I mean, this if this was the year to go all in, it, this is the year, I think, um, you know. But, you know, let me ask you this. Like, you know, what since what would you have liked to seen with the trade line, you know, kind of coming around? And then what issues do you, do you want to see improved on the defense, you know? Well, I mean, I think – yeah, it's hard to pinpoint one area um, because obviously in the case like a like a trade deadline, obviously it's dependent on who is actually available. Some of the signings that I've seen I think are, are positions that we're already really strong with. I mean, I think about Baltimore. I mean, they went and got, you know, uh, Ngakwe, and he's super strong, but I mean, it would almost seem like unfair or I don't even know how that would gel, you know, with the guys that we already have if we had gone there. They're also bringing in Des Bryant, but Des Bryant's not a guy that I see being a Titan personality wise. And I also don't think we need, you know, him in that role. Um, and some of the other teams that, you know, have been mentioned that are kind of just like, we're all up for grabs here. It's just hard to find any player out there um, that I've seen profiles on to really feel so strongly about that. We have to make a move. So I think ultimately I, I, I kind of just understand sitting, sitting put, but when you look at the defense and what we have to do, hands down, we just have to find a way to get off the field on third downs. 
Um, it's really that simple. I mean, we've had some strong moments in the red zone, and I think we're going to be one of those teams that kind of continues to, at times, find a way to force field goals, and we, we know that's going to be strong. But, you know, if you're giving up, you know, third and 10, third and 12, third and 11, third and 14, like, like it's a third and one, it's just not going to go well. So that's the one area, how they do that. I mean, that, you know, I, right. so much goes into who you're playing, right. And how to scheme. I think there just has to be better communication. Cause you, I feel like you can tell live watching the game when it turns to third down, it's almost like everything resets <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, okay, what are we doing here? Like there just has to be more of a uniform, okay, you're here, I'm there. If Butler's going to come up and, and press coverage, someone's got to know that they've got a cover on the top if he gets yeah. beat. Like just no, all those, those details all have to be in place. You know, hopefully the defense improves, you know, and, you know, and I was going to run by you, you know, after the Pittsburgh game, what was your gut reaction to Gonkowski, you know, truly? Like what, what did you think? Because, I mean, we've had struggles with him all year, you know, a game he missed, you know, what was it, four field goals. So, I mean, and he missed the game tie-in game uh, one. I mean, where, where, where are you with him? Yeah. Um, I don't really have an issue with it. Um, I mean, I, you know, there, there's a lot of ways you can play the, the if and or but game, so to speak. Um, I think that, look, if we were going to cut him, it would have been week one. Right. Um, and I think it's been clear since we're going to ride with him and, and, and going into the Pittsburgh game, he had had a really great streak, even with that block during the Houston game. Um, my issue was more overall with the fact that we were having to kick that anyways. You know, I mean, my, my buddy texted me right when the game ended and he was like, we don't deserve this mm-hmm. one. And I think my reply was we wouldn't have deserved it either. Like you, you cannot play a football game where you're down 20 points and have to score all these unanswered points. Um, if we're not able to go down the field and score a touchdown, we don't deserve the game. Um, you can't always rely on that. You can't always rely on overtime. So that's kind of how I felt about it. I, I don't really have an issue with uh, Goskowski unless he started wearing <laughs> socks again because we know that that doesn't go well. So if he's wearing socks again, somebody hide his socks because he apparently kicks better without them. Um, look, I mean, if tomorrow he goes out there to kick a field goal, I'm all for it. Like I trust the dude. Like it, what, it is what, what it is. What if he misses he does, a, a, another you know? couple of kicks um, tomorrow? Again, where like are, are you at that point where like if he missed two tomorrow, he'd be out with you, or is it more like he could miss all four kicks again and you'd still love the guy because he's Gronkowski, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to be difficult, but here's the problem with this question: is that it's it, it's too situational. Right. Like, let's say he misses two, two tomorrow. There's got to be context around how he missed those. I mean, if he's just going out and he is kicking, I'm going to say anything 45 yards or less. And he's just missing them all on his own, <laughs> either replace his leg with like a robot leg that never misses or find somebody else. But you've seen things like poor blocking. You've seen at least one or two weird snaps. Right. Um, so those things aren't all on him. And then on top of that, if we have another game where we're playing the Bengals and we have to have a field goal to win the game, right. I'm going to feel the same way. Like I felt last week and that we don't deserve it. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I know this was talked about with, with Rabel. He was, you know, 
pretty clear about like you know yeah Vizkowski's you know the guy uh, and we're it, it was we're moving on that Texans game the miss he had in, in that game was due to a a bad line block you know and so I, I don't feel like it's always him but I kind of wonder if that's getting in his head similar to like a a quarterback when they start to take a bunch of hits because we did kind of see uh Tannehill get a little unsettled in the first two quarters getting hit a lot early in the game and then he finally settled down at the second half of the game but what I'm trying to get at is that I wonder if it's similar where a quarterback starts to get hit and you know how they get happy feet after that because they've been getting hit um I wonder if because he's had some bad blocking this year he's sort of like overthinking it if that makes sense like somebody's gonna run through and block this uh you know kind of seeing ghosts you know if you will i don't know i kind of wondered if, if that had crossed your mind at any point you know yeah and, and another thing to keep in mind i think too on this is is here's what what to me is different so you go back <laughs> last year because that's what our minds do and you think uh-huh. of Sorry to go there because you were there, but you go to the Buffalo game, right? Just one of them. Perfect example of a game we would have won with all those field goals. But what happened? But what happened with that kicker? Right, he wasn't on the roster. Like my my point is that if we go back to week one of this season, right? Had Goskowski missed that last field goal, I don't know if he'd be a Titan right now. Had he missed that field goal against Minnesota, probably wouldn't be a Titan. It's different when he's redeemed himself versus you know some blocks versus nope. look i mean he had a kick against pittsburgh that was a great kick that wasn't an easy kick it was just that last one that got pulled so you know those things happen i think trying to get inside Vrabel's head which is nearly impossible to do i'm sure but i think the thought is just what's the context around anything that's missed at that point if it's more of a team issue that we put ourselves in that spot to need the kick or yeah. we didn't block no. right you're going to keep seeing Guskowski as the Titans kicker. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only other thing I would add too is last year, we also struggled with touchbacks, which is unacceptable. And you have to say for Guskowski's sake, he's no, at least he's managed doing, to you know, touchbacks really pretty much every time point. he's wanted he to. He has been nailing the ball uh, right off the, right off the tee. I mean, it just seems like it's going to go through the field goal post. So it, that's been really nice to see this year for sure. And and let's mm-hmm. do this for a quick moment because you we got on this sort of kicking rant. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I don't think there's enough appreciation for Brett Kern, <laughs> and I know that he had that weird needed to throw type kick or whatever. Um, but I just want to highlight, you know, that he's remained just a phenomenal punter for us when we have to use him, and I think that's one of those things that's so easy to forget or overlook or not appreciate enough. But, man, what a job he does. Like, I know in that uh, – I think it was the Thursday night game or the Monday yep. night game they were going off. It was the Monday night game. It was the the Rams punter, uh, Hecker, I believe, right? He was getting all this acclaim. And I'm like, do these people not know who Brett Kern is? Because <laughs> Brett Kern does this every week, like four times a day if necessary. Yeah, and they act you like know, that, that's actually really interesting. God among I know men. I sent you an article this week about uh, talking about how Den- Derrick Henry is definitely a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame and – well, you know, with no doubt being Canton at some point, in, you know, in, you know, in, in his lifetime. But but, you know, it's interesting if you ask me without a doubt who's a goat on the team, it is definitely Kern. And, you know, he goes back to the Jeff. You know what I mean? He's been on the team. While, and he's been doing this for a long time. I mean, he just has so many different ways to kick the ball. It's amazing. 
you know? And so he, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. He's sort of kind of, well, I mean, of course the, the punter's job is kind of a thankless job, right? But uh, he's definitely been playing so well, putting the ball like, you know, on the five, on the four, you know, in the set. He's always just, you know, doing what he can. Then he just, the hang time is just amazing. The punt team's always there to get short i mean he just does a phenomenal job week to week you can't say enough good things about the guy so and i did and i didn't mean to i didn't mean to pick on yeah. him when i mentioned that earlier yeah and, and the I, gaff that he had no, go but ahead. you know it was interesting to see him make a gap because if i thought anybody would never make a mistake it was him you know what i mean like he just you know i, I know Tennant hill's great he could possibly throw an interception and he has and you know henry you know he's some games where you, you kind of like, ah, oh, I wish he had more yards. But Kern, it's just like every week, every game, he just kills it. You know what I mean? It's just never in doubt. So that's why it was kind of a surprise. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we, you know, we have to highlight these things because it, it impacts the game. I mean, it, it, again, you never want to put everything on one play necessarily. Um, but, you know, kind of like you mentioned before, you know, probably an easier field goal if Tanny doesn't get that, you know, grounding call. Who knows where we're at at that point? I think that's a game where, just like the Houston game, if that game goes into overtime, we're going to win in the game. I think everyone knew that. Like, Pittsburgh had no momentum, had three points going. Um, so it, it's tough. Those are things that I think you have to evaluate, whether it's a kick. What's interesting or, is when know, he a, missed a, it. A miscue on a I remember punt, there was some sort of stat that he had missed all his kicks under 50 yards but he had made all the ones over 50 yards so i remember somebody at the football party was like you know i think if he had been pushed back further he might have actually made that <laughs> so 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 you know it's kind of odd that he's kind of missing the short yeah stuff, it's weird but, how that you know, goes right again it's just the way things go so you know i I will be honest, and I know this is easy to say now, but the truth is I'm glad we lost that game. Like, I, I, it was interesting to read, like, mm. other Titans fans' thoughts, and I'm speaking to, like, the subreddit that, I, that I'm on. Um, it's interesting to kind of see there's still a lot of confidence in our team winning, you know, 12 or more games, and I'm right there. I agree we're still on pace for that. And we have a, a really good schedule ahead for the most part as well. Um, but I just think there's something about being that team that just continues to win, that goes undefeated later and later and later into the season that I just didn't want to deal with, man. Like, look, I still think we're going to rattle off two more wins going into the Baltimore game. Um, so I, I still think we're going to be at a really, really excellent record mark. But I just think there's some, I don't want to call it pressure, but I just think this allows us to really evaluate where we're at when you actually lose. Cause if we had found a way to win that game, you know, just like we had managed to win other games, I don't know. I think it's a little bit deceiving in terms of how you really look at what you got to do differently. So now we know, okay, we got to do things differently. We have yeah, to be better no, on third that's down. We can't really miss kicks. We can't have miscues, all know, those things. Uh, you know, you're just killing it today. Um, I never really thought about it. Like, okay, the defense has all these problems, but we keep pulling out the win. So can you really be that mad at them, right? But now that we have this official loss, I'm sure that they're saying to themselves, okay, we've been screwing up a lot lately, but we squeak out the win. Now, you know, our sins came back to haunt us. So we really got to get after it this week and show that we, we're not always going to just kind of rely on that 
last minute thing to pull out all the things that we did wrong. They're probably going to focus more on them and try to correct them. So I think you, you made a really good point with that, you know? Well, mutually good points. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. Everyone that's listening, you're welcome. Let's move on to the Bengals. Like what, what do you, I mean, they're they're kind of all over the place team. I mean, guys are trying to get traded. Uh, I mean, they're kind of a team in disarray if you ask me, but uh, you know, we're, we got them this week. So, you know, they have uh, John Joe Mixon out, which will definitely help the defense out, which doesn't really seem to stop anybody in the backfield. Um, and then uh, they got Trey Hopkins out with the center and their uh, tackle is out as well. So that offensive line is going to be hurting with Clowney and Beasley and Landry and Simmons going full speed at them, you know. So what, what are your thoughts on how this game's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it should definitely lean towards a, a Titans win. Um, and kind of you said disarray. I think, you know, the Bengals are definitely struggling. Um, you know, and this is kind of one of the interesting aspects, I think, of football where you get a quarterback like Joe Burrow who who comes out of LSU. And it's just the way of things for the most part. But it's a little bit tough <laughs> to see a guy that there's so much hype and excitement for end up in Cincinnati right. Or, or go to this team that just historically hasn't been all that good. Um, but that's just kind of the way it works. So, you know, he's had, I think a fairly expected rookie season, so to speak, you know, one of those welcome to the NFL type scenarios, he's throwing 66%. He's got nine touchdowns, but he's also got five interceptions averaging about 280 yards a game. I mean, he's doing okay. Um, you know, and they've had, I think an interesting start to the year as a team, it's a little bit deceiving <laughs> because they're one, five and one cannot believe they have a tie, but they do thanks to those Philadelphia Eagles again. Um, but they, you know, they've played the chargers, Browns, Eagles, Jaguars, Ravens, Colts, Browns, again, you know, they haven't played like the most stellar cast of football teams. Obviously Baltimore is the strongest team they've played. And that was an absolute route. But what's interesting is the other games, uh, not counting that tie, their margin of loss is only 4.6 points. So they're playing these weirdly close games. (laughs) And if anyone knows close games, it's the Tennessee Titans. So I feel like it sort of sets the stage potentially, you know, for maybe another nail biter. But, you know, with all of their offensive line struggles, I mean, they've got one of the worst ranked um, lines in the NFL right now, if not dead last, um, you mentioned, you know, the guy they're playing without, they, they've just got some stuff that's just not going well. So I think us coming off a loss and especially with yeah, the offensive I, firepower I that we have, this should be a Titans win by a touchdown. kind of closed it up a little, you know, we're not getting a Dory back. Uh, Kershank is out for the game. Um, you know, I think they're going to play us very similar to the way, uh, the Vikings played us and teams that are, you know, kind of, you know, trying to just save something of the season. So again, I'll re- repeat myself. Like I said, with a lot of those other teams is we might see them going on, going for it on fourth down, going for two point conversions. You know, they're going to throw everything they can. Um, and to Joe, uh, Burroughs credit. I mean, if you would have asked me if he had more yards than Tannehill, I would have laughed in your face. But he actually has 2,023 yards to Tannehill's 1,590. Mm-hmm. So he's actually outthrown Tannehill in terms of yards 
you know, definitely not in TDs. He only has nine compared to Tannehill's 15. But, you know, I just wouldn't have believed that. So credit to him to be airing the ball out for just a young kid coming into, like you said, quite a rough team uh, to get thrown on. And, you know, and actually uh, Joe Mixon was actually having a pretty decent year on the ground. He has 428 yards and three touchdowns, you know, so he's definitely moving the ball. Um, and then uh, their best receiver, Boyd, he has 517 yards. I mean, the closest guy we have to him is AJ with, you know, 332. So, you know, they have they definitely have shown some sparks, you know, so I, I don't think they're going to go quiet in the night, and I have it by a field goal, you know. I think, think what I told you was 28-24. Um, but I'm not saying that because I think we're just like this terrible team or anything. I just think the Bengals are really going to put up a fight being at home, and I think we're going to put up – uh, some really good football because I think we're going to improve off of all the thing, all the mistakes we made, but it's still going to be a really close game. I know the spread's at six point five, but I think that's a little off personally. But you know, uh, you know, of course, I think we win. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think it, you know, things like that tended to be fairly true. I think for the most part, so I can see it going that way. Kind of to your point, you know, him having all the, the passing yards. I think that's one of the keys, though, is he's averaging over 40 passing attempts a game. And really, uh, that's too high. Like, that's too many. But I think for from our perspective, we want to keep that going. I mean, force him. I, I know this might seem like a dangerous thing to say because we're talking about the Titans defense and third downs and whatnot. But when you have a rookie quarterback, I think that – it's fair to say you want to force him to beat you in a sense. And so I think if, if we force him to throw another 40 times in a game, you got to believe at some point we're going to come up with a play, you know, a tip pass, you know, get some pressure, something to disrupt what's, what's overall a, a struggling offense. And they're, they're also just, I mean, a little bit inconsistent um, in, in terms of how they've played, how they've scored and, and, and all that. So you yeah, hope, no, hope to see I, I think it's, it's going to be our, a real test of the, of the defense. He's going to definitely air it out. And I think you hit the nail on the head again with uh, him throwing the ball a little too much, but you know, Hey, they run that uh, kind of spread offense. You know, a lot of times it's just, Oh, him over the shotgun so we're gonna see a lot of shotgun plays with him just trying to find the open man and try to dump the ball out as fast as he can so you know it's gonna be a really good test to the uh defensive line because they're not gonna have i think uh the guys blocking them as good as they have faced you know uh this year so they'll have their opportunity to kind of showcase you know uh maybe some of their sack skills in this game but I, I do believe Burrow is going to have some success against our secondary. Unfortunately, we won't have Fullerton and Kershank is out. So we'll have to kind of – it'll be kind of a smorgasbord of secondary guys that we might not even know their names uh, on Sunday. Uh, but, you know, they'll definitely – you know, I think we still pull it out. And, and I just don't think their defense can stop our offense. So I, I don't think it's going to be an issue on the other side of the ball, if that makes sense, because they're – their defense is, is just giving up, you know, crazy yards. You know, they, they give up 133 yards on the ground average. And they're giving 267, you know, in the air. So, I mean, if you're giving 133 on the ground and you have Henry coming to town, that's just not a good formula. <laughs> you know, considering he got 70-something against probably the best run defense last week, you know, so – Yeah, no, I agree. Do you, do you think there's any particular player or Titan on one side of the ball or the other that you're 
expecting um, or, you know, or hoping think, to uh, see have a, a big, I think Henry a big is day tomorrow? Definitely Henry on the offensive side. I think he runs for at least a buck fifty. Um, you know, with two touchdowns, I really think the kind of day he's going to have tomorrow. Um, you'll definitely see probably one breakout run that's kind of a highlight reel type of thing. Um, so I think he's going to be the star on that side. And I think on the defense, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm hoping Clowney has his game. You know what I mean? I hope Clowney has that game that makes everybody wish they had been in pursuit of him in the free agency uh, period before the season started. So I really hope tomorrow he just showcases all of his speed, all of his pass rushing skills. You know, he actually plays the the sidelines really well, you know, makes those kind of like really good, you know, rundowns to the sidelines. So I hope you see all of that tomorrow and I hope he really is able to come out and shine. But I know he also had been practicing all week. So uh, I hope that that's just like them just trying to give him that time off to rest up versus that actually being that he's not really feeling that well. So we'll have to see on Sunday. But those are the two guys I have. Who, who do you got looking for tomorrow's game? to be the stars. Right. On. Yeah, I think it starts, I think it starts with Tannehill, you know, that's our first road game in a month. Uh, and also first road game of the year that there's going to be fans in attendance. Um, and it's going to be a windy game. So it's not even really a game that you want to have to rely on field goals for. So I think this is a great chance for him to control the offense, be decisive, make sure we get into the, the end zone when we do have the ball. Um, and I, I think defensively, uh, you know, Landry's been a guy that that has found a way at some point in each game to have an impact, um, and it's been great to see him. So I, I would say that that's so, a guy so you to, think that he's, we uh, should be able really, to rely on. To you know, have he's one of those some, guys some more that we, good moments. I know on the he's road. on his right, so we got to next year decide if we pick up his fifth year or just kind of sign him to a long term deal. Do you think he's one of those guys uh, this year that we should just, or sorry, next year that is going to be, you know, the guy that we're going to have to really try to figure out how to sign? Or do you think uh, he's not there yet? Yeah, well, so this is, um, you know, this is, I think, year three for Landry. Um, but I, yeah. I, I think he's definitely earned consideration to 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 stick around. Um, I think this year especially he's been one of the few guys that has found a way – and, I, and I, I talked about this, you know, weeks back where, you know, his thought was to just try to simplify his approach. And I almost think that that's something that other guys need to, like, follow because, you know, like one of the things I've seen with Clowney, you mentioned him, it'd be great to see him show up big tomorrow. I kind of wonder if we're trying to do too much or if he's trying to do too much. Like you see him on so many different positions, right? So many different sides of the ball, line of scrimmage, whatever. Sometimes I'm like, man, maybe just, maybe just pick one or two ways to attack and do it. That's what Landry's doing. That's what I think Simmons does. And and who are the guys that we often see come up with plays Simmons Landry. So um, to answer all that, I mean, I think Landry's definitely earned it. Um, and I think mm -hmm. Clowney could definitely have that big game. If it's not tomorrow, then he's still yeah. saving it for the playoffs, no, I right? Agree. Um, it's um, it's got to happen so, at some yeah. point. You no, know it's going to happen at I some point. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's a gimme, but it definitely is a game that we really need at this point to kind of reset and kind of figure out what, what's going to work for the rest of the season. Um, you know, But I'm really excited for this game because, like you said, being on the road, going into kind of a little bit more hostile area with the fans being there, 
I think it'll be a good test for the team because you got to figure come, you know, January, you'll probably see, you know, not full on attendance, but I imagine at that point we might just have higher attendance. And so you'll, the, the fans will start to be, you know, a little bit of a factor. I know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed on Sunday's game, I could hear a lot more yelling in the background considering there wasn't a full stadium, but it seemed like there was quite a bit of fans, you know, kind of yelling and cheering. So the, the more that kind of gets involved, I think you'll, you'll start to feel that in the game, if that makes sense, you know. Good question. I've been looking so how ahead much a lot, actually, just because looking I'm trying ahead. to figure out, I guess, after, like you said, I kind of reset, too. So I kind of have to think, like, where, where are we at? So I'll kind of run through the schedule real quickly on where I think things will land. And, again, none of this is set in stone because everything changes. This is just where my confidence level is, kind of reviewing last night. So I have us beating the Bengals, have us beating the Bears, and I have us dropping one to the Colts. Now, it could be that game in, on uh, the 12th, or it could be the game on the 29th, but I think we're going to split with them. It's just the way it goes with the Colts, right? And then I feel like we're going to lose against the Ravens, so that's two losses within those three weeks, unfortunately, in, in my perspective, right? Um, I think we pounce on the Browns, Jaguars, uh, Lions, uh, and then you know, the Packers, I think, get us, unfortunately, uh, in Green Bay, uh, which would make my wife happy. <laughs> and then uh, we uh, finish off strong with beating the Texans, you know, at the last last game of the year, which is pretty usual for us. So that, that's kind of where I see the, the season playing out at this point. What are, what are you feeling? Um, you know, somewhat similar. I mean, I, I do see us going two and one ahead of Baltimore, but I actually think that the Bears game will be interesting. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there because it's how I feel. Wow. It's what I believe. That's interesting. If Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback for the Bears in that game, we lose. Um, if for what, if for, <laughs> yeah, if for whatever reason they just keep believing in Nick Foles, they'll lose the game. Um, but if they make a change and it's Trubisky, I think Bears would win. You know, and not to get too far ahead, I feel good about tomorrow. Watching the Bears play, and I I mean, I, I watch the Bears usually when I'm able to, just out of curiosity. I watched them a little bit more when Trubisky was playing because I like him. Mm. But the Bears' defense, man, it's unfair. They're just enormous. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see in that game how our offensive line is able to handle it. Um, it's going to be a really big test. So I, I could see that game. Going one way or the other, Baltimore is going to be a tough game. They're stacked. They're, I don't care what anyone wants to say, however it gets played. Baltimore is right. going to want revenge because they got embarrassed at home in the divisional round of the playoffs after having a 14-2 and two season. So if they want to mop the floor with us, so be it. That's going to be a tough game. Um, you know, <laughs> Phil Brivels will probably throw enough yeah, touchdowns one, yep. to counter all of his other interceptions. So I could see the Colts getting one of those two games. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like going to fade out at that point. I don't want to get too far ahead. I mean, we, we do have a fairly reasonable schedule down the stretch. We'll, we'll play Cleveland. You know, they've looked sharper at times this year than last year. But, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen a pro team whine as much as they do. They act like every game is a Super Bowl. And then, of course, you know, OBJ is right. now out. 
I'm not saying he's all their offense, but it's an impact that I think they're going to struggle with. Um, of course, we're playing the Lions. That could be an interesting game because Matt Stafford is actually a really good quarterback and he passes the ball well. So I think the boldest thing I see is a potential issue with the Bears game. But I also think we're going to beat the Packers. So I'm going to put that out there so it's known. So, you know, I, I think we're I think we're on pace overall. Yeah, for I want to throw out our, why I feel so confident um, about you know, the, bold predictions the were set to start the I, year. You know, I hear uh, Patricia is playing for his job, basically. So I think if they lose or he loses more than one game in a row, he's getting fired. So we could very, be, very well be facing an interim coach at that point. Uh, so I think that would be a huge advantage to us. Um, uh, you know, it'll be interesting playing the Packers with Lafleur going. You know, True. playing the you know his former head coach, right, uh, from former offensive coordinator. So a lot of interesting talk for that week. But I won't get too ahead of all of those cool uh, back and forth things that we'll have during that week. I, I think that's that week and the uh, Ravens week are some of the more exciting weeks I have coming up, at least for me. Um, but the Bears one. Uh, you know, I didn't mean to kind of step over them. I think they are a solid team. You know, they have a great record. And now to even think of it, I'm surprised we're not, you know, kind of maybe a, that, that would be more of a primetime game, if that makes sense, because that's going to be a really good matchup for sure, you know. Yeah, and, and I will say, like, you know, I think it's kind yep. of ridiculous we didn't have a better crew for the Steelers game. That could have been flexed, you could argue. Um, right now we're, we're really only set with that Packers game in prime time on Sunday, which will be neat. Um, but I, I think there seems to be this tone right now with the NFL where they're like, eh, depending on the week, the yep. games, who's sick, who's not sick, how things are going, maybe we'll just bump this game, and move that one. Like, so who knows? I mean, they they seem to kind of just be doing kind of what they want or need to when, whenever. So you know, if they decide to to bump a game or shift a game, so be it. Um, but it's cool. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think our NFC games are interesting this year. I think those are uniquely good tests, you know, for the team. Obviously, so far we've done well beating, um, you know, Minnesota. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I think, I think that bears game is going to be interesting. So, you know, if, if, if for whatever reason, we end up with bears fans listening to this, find well, a way to get Trubisky about in that because he should be quarterback in your team and it would be a much better Chicago because we're playing at home, you know, so, uh, it'll be on our turf. I think we would really hope that it's a hot, sunny, uh, humid day in Nashville. Cause I know that would kind of throw them off a little coming down to a more, uh, you know, hotter area, you know, probably after they were putting their jackets on every day and then coming down to Nashville and like wearing shorts and flip-flops that kind of, I know it just kind of does something to you. So uh, hopefully the weather heats up in that game and kind of throw them off a little, but yeah, I mean, that's going to, you know, I'm really glad you pointed that out because that is one of the more better matchups this year, the bears, the Ravens and the Packers, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to definitely be fun. I have a buddy that's a big Bears fan, so he was already kind of yeah. prepping me, like, we got you and stuff. So it's going to be kind of fun that week bantering with him. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good week this week, I think. Or tomorrow is going to be a good Sunday. Um, the, you know, time change is occurring, so the games are actually a little bit later, which is kind of nice. I was kind of, you know, normally I actually I really appreciate the early games, but because so many parties over here at my house uh, – I definitely won't mind waking up later because I normally have to get up at eight and start cleaning and everything. And then if we, 
get here at like 9.30, so it's kind of like, holy cow, just so many things to do in the morning. But with at 11, I can kind of coast tomorrow, and actually we don't have anybody over, so it'll be nice to have that time change. I don't, I don't know about how you feel about it, but I'm, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only annoyed because I actually have to deal with daylight savings again. Because um, you don't actually have to deal with it there in Phoenix. Um, it's also not helpful and confusing because right now the games are all still listed for 10 a.m. So if you look at things right now, it's like, well, it's still a 10 a.m. Right. start time. But you know, it's so, it's good to get that uh, shift okay. um, so a little bit later in the year when now? it happens. We talked about the last three games. Is there anything left to to kind of interject that you saw? in the last, you know, kind of three weeks, if you will, uh, that you want to jump in and then we can maybe slide over to threads and, uh, britches or the jerseys and britches tomorrow. I think that's going to, that's kind of exciting to, yeah. What, what, anything else you want to talk about for the team? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would just say, I think one of the things that's been cool in the last few weeks is, I think the narrative around the Titans has changed from a media perspective. Um, I think you've seen more people just acknowledge that we are playing well, that we're a good football team. Um, I, I don't think we're getting, you know, too much credit or not enough credit. I think we're just getting some very well-deserved nods in terms of how well we're playing when we play well. Um, at the same time, you know, there's always this, this I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I love sports and, you know, there are some people in media that I've literally followed like my entire life now, it seems. So what's interesting is, you know, after the Pittsburgh game, it, everything just kind of went quiet. And it was like nobody was talking about us or Pittsburgh, which I think is interesting. But the narrative overall has changed, and I think that's great. Yeah, um, no, you know, it, it, we definitely have gotten a lot so yeah, of I think that's probably been the coolest thing in the last know, few weeks. Well what about deserved. you? So that's been pretty cool to see. Um, you know, for me, I, I've just, you know, I don't really watch too much of the media other than what I see on ESPN because uh, that's just kind of all I kind of have room for in my life sometimes. Uh, but I have to hand it to uh, Teron uh, Davenport, who you know is the beat writer for ESPN for us. I think he does a, a phenomenal job covering us. A lot of really good articles. And he just wrote a really great piece on how Tannehill's had you know, I thought it was a really fun piece to read. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun this year, you know, following him and kind of getting stuff from him. But yeah, I think the, the definitely has stepped up their game with us. I mean, when you hear them talk about us before a game, it used to be like, maybe the Titans win today. It's just been so confident every time we're playing a team. Um, and so I'm pretty sure this week, the CBS crew, the top, you know, across us to win the game to kind of have see that change where it felt like we were kind of an afterthought it was just kansas city or packers that kind of got all the media hype you know yep so the jerseys tomorrow what what are definitely, you wearing for definitely. sunday that's it's a good place a to be deal with you <laughs> yeah it, well, I'm a big deal, so it's a big deal, right? That's how that goes, hand in hand. Um, I'll be honest, though. I mean, I, I, um, my, my favorite thing is, of course, to match the team, and we're doing a cool look with the, the navy jerseys, okay. white and britches. 
I'm very tempted right now and leaning towards uh, repping Daddy Lawan's player tee um, since he's not able to to be with us to play for us right now. Um, so uh, I'm, know, I'm leaning I, towards that know, for the game itself, the um, along with some some white shorts. So what about you? Occasionally, but uh, I was really feeling your shirt. I know you got that for me for my birthday. So uh, the one I got from Dix, it's, it's kind of doesn't match the team at all because it's gray, <laughs> but the sleeves kind of have like a navy blue to them. And uh, I thought it would just be cool to have a the first time I wear it and I think tomorrow we're definitely winning so I felt really confident to wear that shirt and then it's just cool because you know you gave it to me for my birthday so uh, I'm excited to wear that shirt and then I'm just going to wear one of my variety of Titan shorts you know and I might might actually wear the pants depending on what it is because it did get in the 70s in Tundra here in Phoenix you know so uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it's definitely gotten like I'm in I'm in Portland, so it's definitely the last few weeks been very cold. Most days are 50s, 60s, um, and I'm I'm wearing a hat that you got me um, nonstop right, right now. On. The gray style yeah, I've been hat, wearing my visor awesome. every week. So I that'll just love that thing, that'll man. certainly be in place. So for cool. I, I I don't know. It's gonna be hard to go back. I wear my other Titans hat once in a while, but it's so hard to go back to hats because I just love my visor so much. But you know, now to think of it, since I'm wearing your shirt, I think I'm gonna wear your hat you gave me uh for my birthday like two years ago i think it was maybe uh the really cool one with the like titans flag on the side kind of like a little mini flag uh hat yeah i'm gonna wear that hat and then the uh shirt with that so i think that'll be cool yes that's and maybe an epic just for shirt. fun i might put my shoes on just because i you know can so i don't know we'll see i need to get some uh titans flip-flops i've been kind of eyeing those because uh you know, in the house, I normally just uh, barefoot most of the time. So it'd be, it's just kind of weird to throw my sneaker. But uh, if I got those, kind of throw throw on, I think, you know, so. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I've been wanting to get some slides right. too, um, just because it seems like it would be a, a good, comfortable yep. way to go. And yeah, there's just no, times there's like, like I don't really want to wear shoes, as lazy like as that one, sounds. It would just be nice to just throw on some ones. slides. The other ones are like actual flip-flops, the brown ones. Um, I'm not too crazy about either of them, but, you know, I might go for the slides. It just dep- uh, Sorry, the soccer ones. It just depends on, you know, how I feel. But, you know, I'm still trying to figure all that out because, you know, the shoes are still super cool. So, Yeah. <laughs> Any other threads or swag notes that you've got or noticed lately? Yeah, know you know, I get a lot of really emails from them, and it's pretty week, crazy because it's like, um, man, they seem to just have like, a fan, call it like a fan day shop or something, and they just throw everything 25% off. Like, they just give it to you, you know, and then it's free shipping over like 30 bucks. So, I mean, that's that's pretty solid because they don't care if it's Nike where, mm-hmm. like, Fanatics gets all like, oh, it's Nike, you don't get the sale. So, you know. Agreed. Well, and for whatever reason, that's happened more this year. I feel like than in recent years. Like I like it. It's like the last up until like maybe a week ago. Like yeah, most you know, and I felt like the were the, the like, sideline gear, everything like, but Nike, everything it but finally kind of hit some of the sales, like the early stuff, right? Where like at Dicks, it was like always on sale. Like so, I get a little frustrated with Fanatics. You know, I. I love I love their whole thing because I get two day free shipping with them and 
a couple of different perks for them. But, you know, it just kind of sucks that they're just not putting their stuff on sale. And then what really sucks is that the stuff that does go on sale, all the sizes sell out that you want. Like, you know, there's only like extra large or small, you know, it's like the weird stuff that you can't even try to fit. Right. So like, uh, yeah, it's been weird with them, but, uh, I definitely like Dix a lot. I think they're they're really coming onto their own with their their gear, man. I mean, I, I think the hoodie that Vrabel was wearing uh, pregame, I don't I don't can't remember if he wore it in the game. I think it was the one I sent you from Dix. So you know, it's pretty cool to see that they have the gear that they're really wearing this year. Where typically they just had a few kind of oddball shirts, you know. So they really upped their game this year. I think you know. I agree. I agree. Still, still waiting for that one day contract that I can sign where I just get a, a giant swag bag, sign my one day contract. Oh, it, Don't even have to pay me. I was gonna ask just you, give me a, a that, huge bag uh, of swag. Henry we'll call it even. Shirt, um, like a Jersey long sleeve yeah, shirt. I was going to get days. your thoughts on that. What did you think of that shirt? Cause, cause it's kind of different, right? It's like not a, a mm-hmm. t-shirt mm-hmm. type of Jersey, but then it's a long sleeve, which is I, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting because you know the, the the t-shirt at least kind of follows a jersey a little bit in the way it's kind of laid out. So that's kind of going way out there. I was gonna, you know, see what you thought about that. Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think um, I'm, you know, hopeful that they do that for some of the other players. Um, I did actually just get notified that the. Because they had to have the the white players tee for Henry, <laughs> um, that finally shipped. So that I'll have that soon. But of course, it's winter now, so it's not going to do me too much good. Um, but yeah, like the long sleeve stuff, I think is great. I, yeah. that, that's actually my favorite yeah, no. is, is long sleeve tees. I know so, you like to conceal. Yeah, the more creative they want to get with those, so... I'm always down for. <laughs> wow, well, you know, it just depends on who my audience is, Ruben. <laughs> Don't want to show them all the cards. Got to keep the fans guessing. <laughs> well, this has been fun, man. I think uh, it's definitely been a – honestly, I think if, if you told any of any of us Titans fans, like, hey, you know, going into week eight, you're 5-1, and one, leading the AFC South, I think any of us would be thrilled with that. So I think it's been a great season already. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow and, and really excited to see kind of how the rest of the year is gone, you know, man. We're halfway through the uh, season somehow. I don't know. Godlike coach, you know, Tannehill's playing every bit of his contract. You know, Henry has already had that highlight reel, highlight reel type of game against the Texans. I mean, it's just, we're just having a really good year. I mean, the, you know, losing to Pittsburgh, you know, it was nothing to, you know, have our tail between our legs about, you know, it was a tough game at home and unfortunately, the very end but i think we go to you know cincinnati we pull the win out tomorrow and we just reset and you know keep keep flying high with riding the afc south you know you know at six and one i agree i agree and of course the goal is uh, to not go so many weeks apart, we'll try to find some time. Yeah, Next week, hopefully it, it recap the win going into that return home against tomorrow. the Bears. It's going to be it's going to be uh, exciting Detroit, to watch. So that's going to definitely be a game I'll keep an eye on, just because you know, just to feel safer in our division, I'd like to see them, you know, pick up a couple losses until the point we get to meet them. You know, so uh, I just wanted to call that out. But yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah. you know, they actually have a rough we'll, schedule. We'll start a petition for an interim Lions coach, no matter tomorrow, what, not a no matter how bad it gets. Like I said, I think if Patricia loses, he loses his job. And then they play the Ravens after that, which is not an easy game for them, you know. And then they play us on top of that. So they have a really tough stretch in the next three weeks. So they, a lot of things could happen in terms of they're sitting pretty right under us at second place, but they could be, you know, very well in Houston, Jacksonville territory after these next three weeks, you know, and then they got the Packers after that game, you know, so uh, it's definitely going to be a tough stretch for them. Yep. I will say one thing that's been fun, uh, just a lot of last thought here kind of is just that this has been that year where I feel like yep. you've really seen the Titans elevate as the team of the AFC South. And then you've seen everyone else crash and burn. I mean, it was almost <laughs> like going into the year, there was somehow this narrative of like, oh, the AFC South is pretty competitive. They're all very mediocre teams. No, yeah, there's one really team is. that's We've, damn near elite really the king, and the rest king of them of the are in right shambles. Now, and that's what so you're seeing right the team now. To beat it's fantastic. The division. Um, and we just hopefully just play through that the rest of the season. So I'm excited about tomorrow. Uh, all the Titans fans out there should be excited for a good bounce back game. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good Sunday. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, 88 minutes. What an all epic right. episode. Great you, way Bradley. to come back See you, here. Fans. Appreciate Thank those that are listening. And uh, we'll look forward to next time.